Hi, this is Larry Cavi, the voice of Lionel from Thundercat. Hi, this is Allison Court, better known as Claire Redfield. Hey, this is Chris Jericho. Hi, this is Dan Bush. I'm Eric Stewart, the voice of Brock and James from Pokemon. This is Laura Summer from Real Tales Frustrated. Well, hey, kids, it's me, Townsend Coleman, the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're listening to Operation Retroshock. 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 Thunder. 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 Thundercat. Cowabunga! Oh! Dudes. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 89 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and once again, back alongside me is... Hello, I'm Chris Vint, and we're here to talk about things. Yes, we're here to talk about things. our lovely trip to MCM Expo Belfast that happened last week. As promised, this shall be our review. It's funny that this is the only time that we've talked about a trip that we've done that we're in the same country. Yes, that we didn't have to fly to yep. or anything like that, which was nice, which is why we have to give them big thumbs up for actually bringing it here in the first place. And after certain pieces of information coming to light as to um, us being so lucky to have it here, considering certain other facilities weren't available, that's as far as I'll go, um, they did very well to put it on where they did at the yes. King's Hall. So definitely big props to the MCM guys uh, before we say anything else about the actual event. But what we're going to do is we will talk through well our general experience of the event, yep. what we did, all that sort of stuff. Um, what other people thought, we've got a few emails that have been sent in and all as well from uh, you, Joe Public, so that we will go through he those. He didn't send one though. Uh, we didn't get one from Joe Public. No. I was quite devastated. I was. Um, but we've got emails to talk about, all that sort of stuff, and then we'll talk about a bit of the press uh, coverage that has been for the show, and about the fact that it will be returning next year. So, huzzah! And who we would like to see there. We're just going to pick people at random, like complete people that we may have no, absurd. no chance of seeing, but it would just be nice to... Maybe put our thoughts out there of, oh, I would like to see this person, that person, and then if some one, one of those was to get announced, and then go like, oh, well, we said last year that uh, we'd like to see such and such, and they're coming. Indeed. But yes, let's get things started. And our day started off as any other day would in Northern Ireland when there's a nice event on. It was tipping it down with the rain. Yes. You can always trust Northern Ireland to provide you good weather. When there is an event on. It wasn't taking time to come down, as parents would say. Yes, yes. It was very pleasant uh, to not only drive in, but also stand in and all that sort of stuff. Well, we were more fortunate than others. Yes, we were more fortunate than others. We'll get to that. But we arrived up there. I think it was just before 10 o'clock, I think, we got there. Or something. I think it was a quarter to 10 or something yeah. like that. By the time we got in the building after our adventure, it was about 10. Yeah. Um. But we arrived up there, we had our friend Natalie with us as well, who we'll hear from in a bit. 
and you uh, have to be careful because she did say that she was going to do this but then she thought she would swear and she swears twice in her email so I need to make careful you, you need to remember to bleep yes, yourself I yeah. do, yes or uh, change the words to chocolate alright fair enough chocolate will do yeah um, but uh, we had to leave Natalie behind in the lovely big queue with everybody else I don't know did she make any queue friends did she tell us she didn't say queue friends no she said <laughs> she didn't have any money with her now so <laughs> But um, me and Chris luckily uh, got to bypass the queue um, due to our press status, um, which we thought, great, we're not going to be in the rain as long as, you know, everybody else <laughs> will get in the door here. It'll be nice. It'll be fine. We'll be reasonably dry. Um, we reached the second barrier of security and we said, oh, yeah, you know, we've got uh, press passes waiting for us. And the guy says, yeah, you have to go around the side of the building to a side door and they'll let you in there and that's where you'll get your press pass and we're like yeah no problem cheers mate no problem so he let us through the barrier and we walk around the se- one side of the building no door open walk around the second side of the building no door open and as we turn the third to the third side of the building about a quarter of the way along we see that there is a fence blocking any further progress to anywhere else yep so and bear in mind everybody at this stage it was still emptying it out of the heavens and by the time we reached there Alan was not overly impressed um, simply because Alan does not like to get soaked by rain No. Um, so we made our way back round and a member of security eventually figured out that you just have to go in through the main entrance which I did originally assume was going to be the protocol yeah, um, he did say considering it says on our when it said, it said in our uh pieces of paper with our you know barcode to be scanned to get our press passes that you know it's just in the main entrance but you assume that the king's hall security staff he did say that other people were going around there so they must have closed the door that were letting Mm -hmm. people into it so there was a table there that were giving out mm -hmm. the passes so nonetheless we uh after our adventure got in the main door a bit worse for wear in the wet department, but luckily not as much as everybody else in the queue. Yes, thankfully we didn't dress up in costume and get like it totally ruined. <laughs> I felt so sorry for some people that were in makeup and all like that. Yeah, you could see that some of the stuff got a bit wrecked on people, but no, everybody did do a good job in the cosplay department. But uh, we got in and. We managed to basically get through, get our passes, and make our way into the hall. And we decided, right, we'll hang around the sort of entrance area until Natalie arrived in. So that gave me and Chris time to dry off. So by the time Natalie got in, we were reasonably dry, which was nice. Well, so. my my hoodie, whenever I went home, the hood was still soaking. Yeah. And had to go in the wash, as did my socks, because my socks were yeah. I just soaking put, as well. I just put on the shirt and all in the wash. Oh, yeah, everything went in the wash. Like, it was just like the hell with it all. Just whack it all in. <laughs> but um, in the grand scheme of things, we were a lot drier than uh, Natalie was when she arrived in. So then we just decided, right, we'll do a kind of lap of the place. Yeah. See where everything is, see what the story is. Um, you know, walked around as you do, looked at the different stalls. There was some really, really cool stuff on uh, sale. The stall I particularly liked was like um, the Sprite stand. Yes. Where the old sprites that you would get in video games, you know, Street Fighter, Donkey Kong, all that sort of stuff, like made out of these wee beads and then they're all glued together. I don't know exactly the process, but it looks really cool because you get basically like this image that's 3D 
but it's off a sprite of your favorite video game characters. So that was cool. I got a couple of those. So that, in terms of a stall point, was my favorite thing. Was there anything on the stalls that you used to do? Obviously, you're a comic fan. Um, I did like the one that where where we were standing behind them had like the Marvel figures. So I had like you know Magneto and things like mm-hmm. that. And I, I was saying to myself, I'll not buy one because I know that if I buy one, it's a domino effect, and as soon as I buy one, I have to buy another. And I don't really have the room to display them, so or the money to really want to start collecting them. Yeah, yeah, especially in that day, I ended up with less money than I went with, which uh-huh. wasn't my doing, which we'll get on to later on. Which wasn't too bad, but um, a certain someone stole more of your money than yes, that is correct. Anything. That is correct. <laughs> but uh, we did a lap, saw the stalls, saw other things that were on display, saw the comic village, which. Was pretty, which was pretty cool like it's amazing going through that and seeing all the different uh, comic artists doing their drawings and all because you know you're used to just seeing the finished product yeah. on a page yeah. but to actually see them drawing the sort of images you have seen in comics and all it's a really it's just it's a privilege to actually see it oh yeah and it was really really busy around all the comic guys all their stuff was really popular um Natalie got uh, what was it? It was like a Deadpool and Harley Quinn kind of. Yeah, and they had like Avengers well. and Transformers and things like that, which were cool. They were pretty darn neat. Uh, that was right beside there was the MCM Expo Theater then, which was our where all the um, panels panels were taking place. So the Red Dwarf, you know, Raphael the Barge. Yes, all that sort of stuff went on in there. Uh, there was like a wee robot arena for the kids to play with robots. That That's some noise, that. So oh. there was just a clank, clank, clank. I was like, oh my lord. Really? That didn't turn out anything like I expected it, I must admit. No, it was very... That was probably one of the only sort of letdowns for me uh, in terms of the grand scheme of the event uh, because was mentioned in the email that it was like you know the stars of robot wars uk tv effectively that sort of stuff so i was expecting to arrive in and would see flipping you know a big corner of the building was yeah. going to be dedicated to robots fighting yeah. whereas it turned out to be like we robots playing football it's almost like, like having a ball pit for children but instead of having a big massive mm-hmm. one you've got like a wee uh, paddling yeah. pool size one for but them. again that probably all harks back to, and I can understand to do with the room, yeah. situation for rooms. So, uh, you know, the place for what it was was reasonably big. Everything fit in nice enough. Did get a bit claustrophobic towards the middle of the day when it started getting really, really busy. But it was overly popular, so that's to be expected. Um, so you can understand space not being spared for a huge, big robot arena. Oh yeah, totally. Um, so continue around and. By this stage, we were like thinking, oh, well, we'll go and start meeting people and all that sort of stuff. And we literally turned the corner and there we saw was DC Douglas standing at an MYM comic stand, like a Magna uh, Magna comic and anime stuff. And we were like, is is that where he's signing? Or what's the story here? Because we walked past... The signing area, you know, on our lap around the place, and saw that there was people there signing, and saw the signs up saying, you know, the prices for getting your autograph and that sort of stuff. Um, so we were like, "Is this where he's signing, and how much it is, and all that sort of stuff?" But it turned out that the voice actors, um, not Raphael Savage, funnily enough, um, but DC Douglas and Courtney Taylor, their uh, autographs were free uh, if you purchased like that. 
what was it the comic not the sorry the magna if you if you purchase that comic or that thing it was three pounds but then that would also get you a a item for them to sign so mm. you would either get like an 8x10 or the Resident Evil thing that Courtney Taylor signed was a bit bigger mm-hmm. so it doesn't actually fit in a frame so I need to get like a bigger frame Do. for that <laughs> which was typical um, but no as you say like you could just walk up and um, and just get them to sign your own stuff and it was free and get that because that kind of took me back because I was like I just go up here with my book and yeah. get signed because that was the first one to go up and I went how much is it and I go like if you have your own stuff it's free if you want an 8 by 10 thing at first they said it was a tenner mm-hmm. just for that and then later on they said it was 3 quid but I didn't mind paying it because well you'll find out why later but um, we kind of struck it lucky in our timing in this yes I don't think it could have been any better if we tried we really hit the, the nail on the head so we did because um, <laughs> we were there and we were queued up to get DC to sign our stuff. Uh, you got him to sign your... Resident Evil 5 art book. Yeah, I got him to sign the Mass Effect art book. And all in the middle of this going on, who arrives? And it's kind of one of those surreal moments, but Courtney Taylor. Because, of course, you're standing there talking to DC and you're having a laugh and all that sort of stuff. And then you're like, we had a second. Is that who I think it is? Has just arrived? Yeah. And I was like... Wait a second, and I turned around. Oh, that's Courtney Taylor's just arrived, and you're like, "Whoa!" Because DC was going to do other things yeah. at the con, so they were literally swapping over. So we completely, hit, completely hit the nail on the head and got both their autographs and pictures with them all at the same time. We couldn't have struck it luckier, and both of them were absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and Courtney Taylor was talking to us for a good five or ten minutes after she'd actually signed her stuff, which, you know, DC was talking to us and, you know, like... But unfortunately, he got chased off to have to do... You know, but he was taken aback by the art book, by Natalie's lithograph and things like that, and said that, you know, he hadn't seen them before. I was just like, oh, wow. You know, like, because he says, where do you want me to sign your art book? Because it being black... He picked up gold. He said, where do you want to sign me to sign it? Do you want to personalise? He didn't want to mess it up. And one thing that was class about him was whenever he signed something, he took it up and he blew it to get yes. the ink to dry a bit quicker. So it didn't get wrecked or anything. I've never met anyone, be it WWE or anything, that has actually went to that trouble. No. Like, it's a simple thing. Yeah. It's not a big thing. But in terms of, you know, getting something like an art book signed... Especially as well, mine. You got your cover signed to your art book, whereas yeah. I wanted him to sign the specific, you know, page with Legion on it. Yeah. So that was in the middle of the book. So I was like, right, okay. I was already thinking about it before I even went there. I was like, right, I'll have to keep the page open for a few minutes to make yeah. sure that this dries off and it doesn't smear on the pages or anything like that. But again, he blew on the ink to try and dry it off a bit for you beforehand, and then. I got it signed by Courtney Taylor as well for Jack and all, and it was fantastic. But it was, it was, it was so weird because I was like you were saying, I was just thinking, oh, Courtney will sign this and that'll be that, and you know, we'll maybe have a quick word and yeah. then that'll be us done. But lo and behold, she just decided to start talking to us for five or ten minutes, and we were like, we were the ones who actually ended up ending the conversation because there was a queue forming yes, behind yeah. us of reasonable size for people wanting to get stuff signed by Courtney and she was like oh alright okay well if you want to have a you know more of a chat come back later and see me and it was just like 
what, what is going on right now? It's like, is it, you know, this is Courtney Taylor. Because she knew, Jack and Ada Wong she, to tell us to have she a chat. knew you. Yes. She said, I know you. And she said, I know you from Twitter. And it's just like, mm-hmm. yep. Because she knew us from Twitter from saying, you know, like whenever they said they were coming over and it was a case of, you and know. I was trying to get the whole Mass Effect cast yeah, to come. Exactly. Didn't totally pan out, but still. You know, but she was talking to us about that and, you know, I asked her if she had her Game of Thrones tour plan because I noticed that was something she was talking about on Twitter and yeah she was just talking to us for about five or ten minutes and like then completely normal things and then within the the first half an hour of us being there we'd met the two people that the all of us meet, all yeah. of us wanted to meet and after that we didn't meet anyone else mm-hmm. because that was that done I think we were just so taken aback by it yeah. all that we were like oh right we've just met the two main people we really really want to meet so just whacked across by that blew us away so after that, we did another sort of lap. We had delved deeper into the stalls and saw that there was stalls selling you know, old video games and that, and they were pretty cool. Um, and then by that stage, we were like, oh, sure, the voice actors panel is going to start in about 20 minutes, so we decided to go and catch the tail end of the Red Dwarf panel. Yeah, everyone's standing outside, and Alan's going, there's seats there, so Alan being Alan's like, Hup! and just like, you know, I'll use my size to my advantage, and just like plies on through, and we're like... Excuse me, excuse me, and then we sat down. Like I just, I didn't get that at all. No, nor was that there was people peeking in the exit of the theater, like the, there wasn't seats there, and there was people standing all the way around the perimeter inside the theater, and there was a shed ton of like this kind of wee group of seats in the middle, just not being used by anybody, and I was like. Well, if yous aren't making a move, I will. Yeah, because then we thought, we'll sit there. Whenever this clears out, we'll try and move forwards for the Mass Effect mm-hmm. one. So there's a picture that DC Douglas tweeted of Courtney Taylor talking, and you see us three in the front row, because you just see Natalie's big poster tube <laughs> right beside me. Which was nearly as big as Natalie. Yeah, it really was, yeah. Um, so yes, we got front row for that, and that was just... See, that panel was just hilarious the whole way through. You didn't see the art going. No, you definitely did not. Um, but there was a case of, you know, with Northern Ireland being Northern Ireland, people are which they picked up on and they said that's what Northern Ireland people talk like. But people Speak far too fast. People weren't talking slowly and saying, you know, right, um, who would win and what's Resident Evil's better, five or six. And people weren't speaking up loud enough because the way that, for some odd reason, their microphone was fine. Yeah. But the microphone that Your man was used. working. Like when he spoke, he was reasonably yeah. okay. But um, I think it's because he were had a, into it, he had a quite close yeah. to his mouth. Whereas people are like, uh, and they're like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it's just like, what are you speaking about? Sorry, because um, that was bad. Whereas if I had got on the microphone, they'd have probably just yeah. lowered the volume. Excuse down. me, you could have just shouted, and they would have probably heard yeah. you. I know, and I could have just shouted from a seat and it would have been clear for everybody but um, it's just funny to see them going you see them kind of squinting trying to make out and then one of them turn around the other one going like what do you say you just see that they're picking up key words and it's like Resident Evil uh, Wesker okay uh, Best uh, what was that (laughs) you wanted to know if Wesker were a vest but um, per DC like uh well, number I think one, I have a bit from this. Whenever number one, the oh, no, chemistry no. between both Courtney and DC is insane. Yes, they really play off each other fantastically. Um, I think I have a bit to do with whenever talking. 
DC is... Do you want me to play this? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Right, See on. if it will come through for you. Or not, we shall see if it didn't come through very well when I listen back to this. It'll probably get cut or edited within an inch of its life. So you'll see if you did hear it, good for you. Yes. Um, but some of the stuff they talked about was brilliant. Um, like, what was it? One of the questions was like, what is the most inappropriate thing you would love your character to say or something like that? Yes. And of course, MCM is meant to be a very kind of family friendly place. You know, you're not meant to be swearing or anything like that. And poor DC Douglas, um, he finds it very hard to remain PG because there was mentions of, uh, oof, I'm trying to think, because we're PG. Yes. <laughs> we don't swear on this show, or at least try not to swear on this show or anything like that. Um, there was a few bombs dropped, all that sort of stuff. Um, naughty adult things were mentioned and all. Yes, that's true. Um and each time he did it, he was just like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> I could just see the, the parents taking their kids out now. And he made a joke about that as well. I was like, the parents are taking the children with them. Um, but no, it was just that whole panel was so much fun. If you go online to YouTube and search uh, MCM Belfast uh, DC Douglas twerking. I have um, that on my phone as well. You will find uh, videos of some of the shenanigans that he got up to during the panels. They were just brilliant. But um, is that that's pretty much our main experiences of it all, isn't it? Really, when we sum it up. Yeah, obviously there was quite a few people like cosplaying and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the only real panel that we were interested in. Um, the Red Dwarf one would have been cool to go to, well, but I got to hear about twenty minutes of the Red Dwarf one, yeah. which was good. But it was really much Robert Llewellyn talking, whereas Hattie Hedridge or however you say her surname yeah. was just basically sitting there. And he well, would have to be fair to her. A lot of people weren't asking her the questions. Yeah. They were basically going, Robert, blah 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 yeah. blah, and all the questions are sort of questions you've heard asked before. I think on the Sunday she might as well just not turned up. To be fair, with Chris Barry being there, flip <laughs> yes, he went to Methody. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was a good event. Um, you know, like had and you know, as you say, there was plenty of stalls and things there. Um, the only thing was was some of the stuff. Like the the thing you took a panoramic view of the like the big oh canvases that's yes. the word um, like I'm sure they didn't shift that many with the weather being the way it was yes because if you had to walk mean. half an hour to the car they'd probably they probably sold a bit more on the Sunday yeah because the weather was a bit better it wasn't great but it wasn't tipping it down no um. But yeah, anyway, on to purchases. Like I'd mentioned earlier, I got a few things from the sort of the Sprite stand. Uh-huh. Um, Did you get those? No, no, I was getting there. Calm oh, down, dear, okay. calm down. But uh, probably I think the main gripe as well from a lot of people 
bar maybe size of venue, you know, again, understandable based on circumstances, find out. But then you don't um, know how many people, I'm sure in their wildest dreams they didn't think over the two days that um, that many people were going to show up, oh, which no, we'll, totally. we'll get yeah, on totally. to in the end. Um, and they have said on Twitter and yeah. reply to me that it is something maybe they have to look at in the future is warning people to beforehand that most of the vendors in the place will only be accepting cash they won't have card readers all that sort of stuff because I've heard stories of people standing in the queue for the ATM for two hours yep. and they got there and then the ATM was out of money oh dear that would kill me yes that would be quite annoying but luckily um, some people actually um, Andy and work his mum was at it yeah? and said that some people actually find it quicker to pop into town get the money back and call back that's how that doesn't surprise me that's how bad the line was oh just I hit the a, bar I, I have a funny feeling there was a cash machine at the garage like five minutes down the road probably as well. was um, but nonetheless <laughs> nonetheless uh, we had the bank of Chris Vint yes you did because you brought a reasonable enough amount of money thinking you were going to buy a bit more yeah because I thought there were, whenever they said comic village I thought that was going to be just comics mm-hmm. you know but I, I thought it would have been good for them to put where they had the actual artist to mm-hmm. have then somebody from a said place like Forbidden Planet mm-hmm. there with comics yeah. you know so it kind of broke up the artists the as well way, the way it was explained to me on Twitter I got a bit of a back and forth conversation going on with MCM on Twitter the other day um, and you know they kind of made passing comment in regards to the whole comic situation because there had been people a few people saying you know, I thought you you've called it a comic con, and there was hardly any comics. Yeah, and they explained that with uh, stalls coming in, and obviously, you know, they're not getting the space for free. Everybody has to pay a bit of money here. Yeah, that for the stands, the markup on comics isn't really advantageous to do at an event like this in comparison to other items, the likes of figurines and other video game based merchandise. So a lot of the stalls tend to focus on that stuff yeah. than the comics. Now, there was a few stands, not a huge amount, doing comics. To be honest with you, they should have had people doing, instead of doing comics, doing graphic novels. Because you would have had mm. a bigger markup on that if that's like, say, you know, some of them can be £30, some of them can be yeah. £18. So you're going to get more money out of that than you are a pound four comic blind bag yeah. thing. Which is, you know, which is good. But yes. then if you had like lots of that... Like I bought, I bought eight of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was eight quid going. But you got some. You got a really good deal on your comics, like as yeah, well. Yeah, I got I got those there because Natalie took a couple of them, and then the other place was five comics for a tenner. So I got uh, I got ten of them, and that was my purchases. But yes, you'd probably spent what. Well, I, I spent twenty thirty quid on comics, mm-hmm. and then I spent thirteen quid on the signatures. Okay, and then to save the trip and the hassle with queuing for the ATM, Chris offered to lend me and Natalie money to buy what we wanted. So I'm a very reasonable loan shark. Yes, <laughs> um, I didn't go overly mad. I wanted the, the two things at the Sprite stand, so I only had borrowed twenty quid from Chris. Yeah, and initially Natalie didn't borrow a great deal of money. No, she borrowed. 20 quid for that Harley Quinn and Deadpool mm-hmm. which she got the last one of yes. she came back and she was gutted she went oh I think of there's no more left and he went like are you looking for this and then he signed it in pencil and we were standing there talking mm-hmm. to him going yep yeah, uh huh change please change and he's like oh man sorry and just like <laughs> got carried away yeah but um, 
we were about to leave at this stage and I quickly nipped off because there was someone I knew had arrived there but I hadn't crossed paths yet and I wanted to say a quick word before leaving and so in that sort of five minutes that I was away um, I arrived back and it turns out what was it Natalie had spent? She spent another 30 quid on a bag because she asked there was a lovely stunning girl wearing like these wee shorts and you're thinking god you must be freezing you know like well whenever you're walking along in the rain um and Natalie saw this um, backpack that she wanted and uh, said, do you take car? And she went, no. And the bag was £29. And she went, uh, she went, all oh, right, okay. Wait, wait, here's where a card you can order online. And I've got 30 quid. Do you want it? And of course, she did the womanly thing of yoink. You know, like, <laughs> I'll take the money. Yes, give it to me now, um, man. So she bought that. But then whenever we were queuing, there was another place. And I said, oh, look what's there. And there was uh, an ocarina and it was 50 quid and seriously yeah, yeah. she was really tempted by Jeez. like really tempted good thing you didn't have that much left no, I don't think she, I think I would have said no you're not spending 50 quid in a friggin ornament which but, is basically um, what it is yes so Natalie took a reasonable amount of your money <laughs> yeah that left me bone dry <laughs> so then we had to stop at an ATM for her to get the money to give to me in order for me to get food because we were starving because by the time we got back to Ards, what time was it? About two, three? Was it that? Oh God, was, was it nothing day? Yeah. Um, so then we all went to KFC and we could have had anything. Like, we were all, all starving. <laughs> but there was, like, a food place there. The only thing that was, was there was another place doing American import drinks that were one fifty a tin. But, again, alas... They weren't, no, they weren't cool. No, fr- no fridge. You know, like, and I'm sorry, but I'm not paying one fifty for... Aye, if I'm going to pay one fifty for a can, I want cool. Yes, I want a cool. But that's the thing now, is that it's getting ridiculously hard to actually go into a shop and pick up a bottle and it being freezing cold. Yeah. I don't know whether it's these energy-efficient fridges as well at times, because there's times I'll go to one of these fridges that's in a shop, and I'll, you know, pick a bottle well, from maybe three or four back. Yeah. Because it's further in the fridge, and I'll pick it out. And it will be reasonably still warm. And I'm like, what the heck is it's going on? Because people this? don't rotate their stock. Um, yes. But anyway, but, hey. that's not about MCM. I think it's time to talk about emails. Yes. We'll get people's opinions about the event. We'll just take a turnabout. Yes, you we'll go, go first. first. Okie dokie. Well, I've got one from uh, Ryan McLean. He said, Fantastic convention. This was my first convention and I loved it. That's in capital letters. Uh, it was overwhelming. No, I'm not going to shout it. I loved it! (laughs) It was overwhelmingly being... Well, he's kind of got this a wee bit wrong. It was overwhelmingly being surrounded with so many people whom share my interests and seeing everybody work together was pleasing. Thank you, MCM Comic Con. Five stars, he rates it. Well, very good. Um, I would have to agree with that. Uh, We will go for... uh, We have one for Ben Reid, but I'm not reading it because it's pointless. He wasn't um, actually there or at any MCM event of any kind during that weekend. So. I have one from David Lawson. Um, he says, Travelled there from Dungannon. Brilliant show. One issue, the line for the one ATM in capitals was huge. I was forced to wait two hours in queue. Again, the situation was similar in the toilets. They were packed. Things were a tad expensive seen as it's an entertainment ev- event. Guest stars I met were Ian McNeese and James Cosmo. Uh, both were very happy and funny. Ian McNeese charged £10 for an autograph and picture. Cosmo's, Cosmo charged £15. 
Everything on the MCM Belfast website was there. The Robots Live was a great attraction for young kids. Speaking of kids, I'd say there wasn't many young kids, i.e. below 13. Mm -hmm. Great cosplay. There even a guy dressed as The Undertaker. There was a dealer selling WWE merch like a San Mankind figure for £70. Well. The dealer, dealer stores... The dealer stalls were great. I loved the various artists showing off their prints. In conclusion, I would definitely go back uh, David Lawson. See, well, this is the really weird thing, right? Is, yes, ATM thing was kind of a common thing, and that's understandable. Um, as soon as I looked at the plan, I saw one ATM. I went, <laughs> I'm making sure I bring money with me. I'd actually sold stuff to CEX and put the money in my bag so I didn't forget. See, the thing was, right? I planned to stop and get cash on the way to pick Natalie up on the day uh -huh. because it was tipping it down there and I was like, I'm not getting out of this car, so I just didn't bother at the time. You could give me your pin number and then but, I could have got uh, it for you. Oh, I'm sure you would. Yeah, that adds <laughs> more for me. Um, it's really weird. Like, Oh, we forgot to say as well, sorry, about uh, one thing that would have been a bit of a disaster for people mm -hmm. if they didn't have money was the parking. Yes. Because it didn't you're say... Little, you're expected to now this is an MCM's deal this is King's Hall's deal yeah uh, you were expected to pay the car park as soon as you entered yes which was what six pounds four four okay which was four pound but, but that's all uh, day it's not like you're going into your car park like the Odyssey in Belfast where it literally goes up three pound an but hour but to be fair they should have put something outside yes. before you went in saying please make sure you have four pounds to pay your it would have been a bit better parking. that if you were given a chance to park your car and there was a, tendon, a few attendants about the place yeah. That said, oh, it's four pounds to park your car for the day, and then you could deal with it. But when, because like, when we were driving in, it's literally I'm the one driving the car, and I'm like, oh right, okay, well, flipping, okay, we need money quick, and then you luckily enough were on hand to sort that out. Even um, before I got in, I was giving out money. <laughs> but um, that's really weird hearing that email because it's weird. I read there was a few negative things being posted on the Facebook kind of just after the first day of the event from people and it was like oh it took me young kids and they were enter weren't entertained they were bored they were miserable they were wet all that sort of stuff and then there was like oh I went and there was too many stalls I was expecting this and that whereas then we get we got a ton of emails basically like that one saying loved the stalls and loved this yeah. and loved that and there wasn't many kids this event MCM makes these family friendly but they aren't these Comic Con events aren't really meant for the sort of younger ages it's kind of like he says the target audience is really sort of that teenager up yeah now I have heard people say that they took younger kids sort of eight nine year olds here and they loved all the people dressed up as yeah. like the characters the Star Wars characters and that sort of stuff they really enjoyed that so so obviously some kids were entertained. I think it just depends on. I think there was maybe just kids ended up getting a wee bit miserable from being in the rain. I think if you had a TV on with SpongeBob on and they could go and pop themselves down there, you would have been happy. Yes, this is true. But uh, moving on, Tyrone McShane, absolutely brilliant. Great to see such an interest and seeing everybody in cosplay was surreal. The only downer for me was the lack of comics, particularly DC. If it wasn't oh, for Marvel all the way, you. If it wasn't for that, I'd give full marks. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. So, it is again, like I've said, the reason explained by MCM for the lack of comics is that the vendors don't get to make a lot of profit on them because of the event and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, any future people looking for comics, go to a comic store. 
<laughs> yes, that's true. Go to a comic store, order stuff online. Um, you know, that's probably the best thing. But if you're a fan of comics, then obviously you'll find indie comic people who, you know, like obviously are self-published and you can pick them up and give them a bit of support. And speaking of comics and artists and stuff, our next one is from our uh, fellow work colleague back in the day, Sam Orr. Um, he says pros got in half an hour early because he befriended the events team. Um, so I don't know what he was doing there. He chanced his arm, basically. He did. Um, he said or received a free Espion hat. Uh, mm. fell, f- um, felt hell of a rad, apparently. Saw loads of great cosplays. DeLorean, hello. Mm. Um, I didn't, why did I forget that? I don't know. Jeez, Alan. The, the artist alley, very important and definitely not biased. Plenty of merch and friendly people. Cons, weather, ugh. Everything one hall felt like it could have been a series of smaller venues. Got real warm real fast, didn't bring enough money with me and forgot my debit card. Uh, overall, I really enjoyed Comic-Con. I would certainly love to go next year to see how it changes. I think keeping everything one large hall was a drawback as it meant you either had to experience everything at once or nothing at all. Mm-hmm. This could be fixed by setting up NextCon as a series of smaller halls beside each other with each hall being dedicated to one particular yeah. function, i.e. Artists Alley, yes. MCM Theatre Hall, Merch Hall, etc., etc., mm-hmm. which isn't a bad idea, I think. Um, no, that's, no, that's true. Definitely, I agree with that. Um and that seems to be a lot of the feedback that people have been giving is the fact that it was in kind of one big kind of, well, MCM referred to it as a pseudo gazebo. Yeah. Um, basically, well, it's been talked about in public now, so I'll just drop the bombshell effectively that most people didn't know, is the fact that apparently the main King's Hall building where everybody thought this was going to take place is condemned and unsafe for purpose now. <laughs> it is in disrepair. So that is the main reason why it was in the sort of gazebo thing at the back of the King's Hall area. Because that sort of thing that Sam has, you know, said there about doing it in like different halls and stuff like that could have been done yeah. in the King's Hall building because I've been to the King's Hall many times when I was younger for car shows and um, what is it, that plant fun kind of thing that goes around you with the circus rides and all that not circus rides you know the you know like oh, yes. coaster stuff and oh, all that, that sort of yeah. stuff um, mix something or other um, so I know what you mean but nonetheless <laughs> um, the King's Hall has a main hall and then there's smaller halls off to the sides so completely get what Sam says and that would be perfect for it but unfortunately it seems that King's Hall you know, being fit for purpose is no longer, so that is the reason why. I think a lot of people said to have it, I know this means nothing to people listening that are in America, like Mr. Lacey, hello Mike. Um, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> um, you know, like say W5, because it has like two floors, mm-hmm. and you would have enough room to put stuff in separate well, things. I think W5 is good, but I still think they'd be pushing it, because W5 is another place that gets very warm, very fast speaking from experience of Giants events that have been held there Um, but nonetheless fingers crossed something can be done in regards to this leading up in the future to next year because they most certainly need a bigger place and the King's Hall was basically the main place you can do it in Northern Ireland because you know you've got the waterfront it's not big enough. It's a mainly an auditorium based yeah. thing. It's it's a no go. Only other place is the Odyssey. But the issue with the Odyssey is it is an arena. The ice 
area at the bottom has been used for loads of expos in the past in terms of you know like these wedding expos and business expos that come over i was going to say because robbie goes to one and it's actually in the mk Don dawn's um, arena yeah so it's actually all just on the concourse yeah. of the so place. you know they could give it a try that's the only other thing i could recommend for mcm to think about is see what the odyssey can do you know the ice area is actually quite big when you get down to ice level um, in the Odyssey and then you do the concourse is a possibility as well so they can maybe look into that uh, if upgrading size doesn't seem to you know be going to work at King's Hall um, I know they have it penciled in for the King's Hall for next year but a lot of things can change within a year Yeah. but the plan is indeed to come back for next year let's see moving on uh, Michelle Keeler I uh, really enjoyed Comic Con, was my first one. This seems to be the big thing for a lot of people, is this is their first con, yeah. simply because it's the first kind of thing of its kind to come to Northern Ireland. Yes. And I went both days. Prices I thought were okay, thought some of it was a wee bit dear, and it could have been a bit cheaper on eBay. See, some people think this, but some of the stuff is very niche, and you'll find that online it's probably as dear, if not dearer, than yes. what was on show. Um yeah. Really enjoyed it, though everyone looked fab-dressed and put a lot of effort into it. Downside was the venue was a bit small, again. The ATM, I nearly cried when finally reached there after waiting two hours in the queue. Um, I know I'm stupid for saying that, but I should have took extra money. But would have been brilliant if you had somebody, somebody sitting beside the ATM. Mm-hmm. So what, like, when you got your money, you got an item signed by such and such. Mm-hmm. So then it was kind of like a double bonus. Yeah. Uh, guest stars were good hopefully next year we can attract some bigger names but yes had a great time overall and uh, we'll be going back next time okay Uh, our next one is from who we went with Natalie Mm -hmm. Spence so she wrote hey so I figured I'd do this as a positive first and then negatives positives people obviously the best people not including myself and you Mm -hmm. clearly were DC and Courtney as they were so lovely and easy to talk to when getting stuff signed the panel was great and they really interacted with the crowd and made it fun rather than just sitting there answering a few questions and then taking off plus all the staff involved with the con were great the staff member outside checking on the queue was having banter with some of the cosplayers and even though the weather was chocolatey everyone was in a great mood and that was one of the swear words there in case people have forgotten also the people working the stalls were really pleasant they were not trying to oversell their stuff and it was pretty chill cosplay um since i'm not a cosplayer and don't know anyone who is is extra awesome to see so many people dressed up there were some really unique ones and uh, clearly a lot of people put an insane amount of time and effort into what they were wearing Everyone I heard talking about people in cosplay were super nice about it too. You know, it wasn't a case of, oh, look at that idiot over there oh, dressed up as Wolverine or whatever like that. Um, it was all people being excited to see what other people went as and didn't hear any sort of negative stuff like, oh my God, she shouldn't be wearing that or, oh, that's some sort of illistic Ill- crap that seems to be talked about online whenever you see people of picture of people's cosplay you know like if you were to put yes, a picture yes. on no you mean. know like it's always the case of oh my god what are you doing blah blah mm-hmm. blah that's actually something mentioned in my next thing okay so um, art the booze with artists selling their stuff was fantastic they se- also seemed to want to interact with people rather than just 
sell them their stuff and move on to the next person. There was a good variety of art that was for sale from cards to film canvases and a lot of it was very reasonably priced. Also that guy Lee Bradley I bought the Deadpool and Harley Quinn piece from put it in a plastic sleeve and signed it in pen for no extra charge and let's be honest with the weather as chocolatey as it was they could have made a fortune just selling those sleeves so, or holders. So, so both her swear words in relation to the weather? Yeah being chocolatey. Uh, comics this uh, one has its negatives but the comics were on sale there I thought were mostly a great price and there was a fair amount of choice in the two stalls that sold them I really like the blind bag idea because first of they were only a pound and secondly it gives people a chance to read a comic they probably wouldn't have tried mm-hmm. before um, negatives honestly there were not many negatives and it's just more things that could be hopefully improved on for next year should it happen which it will uh, one ATM is definitely not enough and it really would have been a benefit for people if they had more um, though they could have not had an ATM at all and expected people to be prepared which mm-hmm. if I was going back on Sunday I sure as hell would have been so maybe it wasn't a big deal also I would have loved to see more comics for sale since I was definitely disappointed that basically only two stalls had a few boxes it would have also been nice to see, um, this is a good, very, very good point, it would have been nice to see um, the stalls have their signs above them saying in what name of the store or website they're from because although they had business cards, it would have been cool just to be able to identify them without having to bother somebody working the stall. Since I didn't see the names in the stalls, I also couldn't tell if any of them were local and it would have been great to see possibly uh, a stall for somewhere I could actually go shop after the con was done. So yeah, that's all I could think of. Hopefully this is a bit of useful information for you guys. Cool. I just got a text from Mr. Chris Hill. Oh my. He's going to be joining us soon. Oh no. Uh, So, yeah. so. But yes, um, have you any more? Yes, I have one more. Okay, um, Which isn't to do with that, but it's to do with um, he actually went to the London one, so I thought this could kind of give us a bit of um, All right, scope. Well, right, okay, too. we'll leave that last, and okay. I've got one more then. Um, this is a wee bit of a long-winded one, so bear with me, everybody. But it's nice to see someone who's went to the effort and gone into detail about this. This is from Mark... Me. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's from Mark Gregg. Uh, my overall experience of Comic-Con was a good one. It's so nice that Belfast is finally being put on the map, so definitely keep coming back. And it is, so yay, Mark. Uh, what was right... We've got subtitles and everything here. This is great. Uh, There was a lovely sense of community and friendliness with the cosplayers for photos and the like. There was also a lot of effort put into some of the costumes. And on the whole, it was as friendly an atmosphere that you could ever see. It's not something you would really associate with Belfast as a friendly (laughs) atmosphere. Uh, It was a friendly atmosphere that encouraged you to talk and engage with your fellow con-goers. The stalls that were there sold uh, some really nice merchandise. And the oh. smaller artist slash craft tables was their goal. Penalty. Penalty, Penalty for France. Uh, let's Sacre- say, oh. Sacre Bleu. Sacre Bleu, is he going to score? He'll hit the bar. I'm going to keep talking anyway. You can okay. just give me the thumbs up if he scores. Uh, the, the stalls were sold some really nice merchandise and the smaller artist slash craft tables. It's a goal! Benzema. Uh, such as Harpy's Emporium, who were lovely and sold really nice things, were super friendly and were reasonably priced. As Comic-Con is in its first year, I think a lot of us were willing to let a lot slide. More importantly, I, I was just showing my face and having a good time to make sure you come back all new and shiny. Basically what we said when we were doing our preview, as in, you know, go and actually support the event. Yeah. And MCM will be more than keen to then bring the event back. So yep. absolutely correct. Well said, Mark. 
Um, that being said, I do have a few wee niggles for improvements that could be made. You didn't get to meet us. <laughs> I know. Venue. This is probably going to be what we've heard. Yeah. A lot of us feel anything. it could be much bigger. Cons are infamous for being packed, but there should still be enough room to move around the stalls. Um, you don't have to queue to look at the merchandise with more space. There could be more events, tournament stalls, etc., meaning that the overall event quality will improve. Understandable, Mark. But as you say, first year will get things better as we go. Uh, well, not us personally, but you know MCN. <laughs> uh, seating areas for people like me uh, and the group I were I, I were with, I was with, uh, we took the whole uh, weekend walking about the con and talking and everything we could. Talking in? Mark, get your flipping stuff together here. <laughs> you used uh, got a dictaphone phone and got like, I'm just walking past DC, signing some nice stuff there. How are you doing? Uh, after maybe the fourth hour of walking and queuing, we needed to rest <laughs> up and recharge. But there was very few places that we could do this. I appreciate the venue was smaller in size, so seating areas were at a premium. Uh, but should the venue get larger, maybe more seating areas could be uh, made. So, yeah, I got that. That's fine. Events and tournaments, this would be, has been said by a number of people, but there was very little to do at the con bar buying merchandise and meeting people, especially if the actors who were there did not represent something you were into. Events such as QCon that have had a significant time to experiment and try different things that work don't work. For anybody that's not aware, QCon is... Queen's University related con that all the students kind of make so um, it's been around for a few years so it kind of has those tournament things kind of built in already oh, okay. and again size was a premium you know at the uh, MCM event so I can understand why there maybe wasn't a huge area but there was tables there where there was people playing uh, Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. and that sort of stuff so there was a bit stuff there uh, the people who worked the stalls were generally a pleasure to interact with and I did leave with a lot of merchandise that interested me. A disappointment uh, to Comic-Con was that there was actually few comics. <sighs> Common story going on here. Yep. But again, as we've explained, the reason behind comics. Queuing. I actually had no problem with queuing at all. People who are not experienced with cons seemed to, seemed to have latched on to this as a problem. Uh, but if you come down when the event opened, you wouldn't have waited longer than about 10 minutes with a priority ticket. Comic-Con seems to have attracted a lot of people who are not experienced with geek culture absolutely agree Mark um, the event and the con should not cater to people who do not spend any time in the community but still should be welcoming and warm if they want to experience it yeah I agree with you it's, there seems to be that a lot of people have, well not a lot of people but a number of people went with either young families or whatever and didn't know what they were going to be walking in and experiencing yes and we're like well this is a bit underwhelming but you know each you know Everybody likes a certain type of biscuit, so they maybe just didn't like. You that can't. One. You can please some of the people some of the time, but you can't please all of the people some of the time. Nail on the head. But uh, overall, this was a good effort. Hopefully, you take on some of the advice we are suggesting, so that next year, Comic Con will be a more rounded experience. Good luck. Um, but yeah, I agree with Mark says there. There is improvements that can be made, and I'm sure MCM will do all that they can in their part to do so. But just remember, everybody, that it isn't all at MCM's uh, feet to sort this out because it is going to be, at the end of the day, it is currently pencilled in to be the King's Hall next year still. Um, there is apparently plans at either refurbishing the King's Hall itself or building a new building or something. I doubt a new building will be built within the year. Yeah. Very unlikely. Um, but it is as much up to the King's Hall as anybody to, number one, uh provide MCM with more space yeah that's the big one 
once we get the more space thing from the King's Hall for MCM, then we can uh, work on everything else, I think. Because when you have the space, that makes things a wee bit easier. Wouldn't you say? Yes, I would do. Okay, well, over to you for... Uh... Our last one is from Adam Pickering. Um, hey, Chris, not great at writing reviews, but I jotted down my brief thoughts on what this year's MCM Expo in London was like. It was my fifth visit to MCM Expo, and I must say I've enjoyed a fantastic Thundercats shopping trip. Hello! I say that, uh, I say that as this is what MCM Expo seems to be now for me, at least anyway. Uh, my first experience was a few years ago was disappointment that I was just full of video games and new age Japanese manga. This time I was uh, impressed by the sheer size of the event and outstanding cosplayers. I'm pleased that more of the comics and memorabilia that I wanted to see were there. However, the quality of the inverted commas special guests has gotten worse over the years, going from Doctor Who companions Warwick Davis, RVD, Edge, and top American shows like Haven, top comic artists, writers, to this year just a few soap stars with Game of Thrones side characters thrown in, each with a hefty charge just for, to get an autograph or photo. I understand it must be hard to obtain good guests, but this is surely the main attraction, and more time and money should be spent on gaining top inverted commas gain celebs. Still, I look forward to going again in October just refrain hope I can refrain from spending as much next time <laughs> coming soon hopefully by the way at relics.com so oh wow exciting yes but uh, I think well what that email does it kind of gives you a bit of a reveal of the, the evolution of MCM Expo as in when it's been running for a few years what they kind of expand and do yeah that's and why that's he's mentioned what something that the people have been wanting in regards to the comics and stuff so it just shows you if you can get this thing rolling yeah. and popular then maybe in a year or two's time it expands and expands and people decide to then bring comics because this is the way it works everybody is it's supply and demand the space at Belfast was reasonably small so the uh, price for the square footage of your stall would be a bit higher because yes. there needs to be you know the money made yeah when you get a bigger place, yes, maybe that'll cost a bit more, but there'll be a lot more space for stalls. So thus, your cost of bringing a stall to the event goes down, so that stalls can take the risk of them bringing the likes of comics that maybe they wouldn't get such a big markup on to the event and making everybody happy. But um, I know what he says as well about the um, actors and guests and all that sort of stuff, but it, is, it really does just depend if someone's available it depends on that and it depends on what they're kind of offering as well you know yes. like if you look at say the one that Robbie's going to the London um, or the Milton he's going to like a Milton Keynes or London mm -hmm. one and it has like Stanley and Ian McDermott and mm -hmm. things like that so again you've got a heck of a lot of guests there but again it's because of the amount of room mm -hmm. you know like here we only had a handful of guests because of the amount of room so obviously they didn't want to put more guests there and eliminate you know like because some people go up there and they just want to have a look at what's on offer they don't want to go up and say particularly I want to go up and spend 20 quid say to meet um, to meet um, Chris Barry or Robert Llewellyn or yes. anything like that you got people here just up there to look at the artists or to look at this or to look at that but well and I think the big thing as well what MCM has said is that it's their aim to keep the prices as low as possible in terms of what I thought that, I, mean, that's, I thought it was really reasonable whenever you see some people who 
you know, like like Ian McDormand's charging seventy five pound for an auto and seventy five pound for a photo. That, that event that Robbie's going to, yeah. you know, a non MCM event. You know, there's some people charging mega bucks for their yeah, exactly. and pictures, whereas MCM their aim is to keep it as low as possible. Now, but it's it's coming under the family with being family friendly. It's coming under family budget second, I'm going as well. To open the door. Okay, he's <laughs> going to go and open the door apparently. So I should just fill up. So obviously it's baby steps for them over in Belfast. It means that with some of them that they'll be coming back next year. That hopefully they I can iron out the the. The areas that cause problem, i.e., space, i.e., no comics and things like that, and then just bring that back next year. I'm back, and then make it even better than before. I don't know what I talked about. I just like started rambling. But hey, we've been rambling on here for an hour. I think we've gave you a pretty good view of what we thought and everybody else thought about uh, MCM Expo in Belfast. One more thing that I want to read out. And that is the article that MCM posted about the actual event itself and how successful it was. Oh, and don't forget to put that YouTube thing at the end of this. The one I... Oh, yes, yes, to. we'll sort that out. Um, first day MCM, Belfast Comic Con proves big hit. A big thank you to everyone who came along to MCM Belfast Comic Con on the 7th to 8th of June. We were overwhelmed by the warm welcome you gave us and hope that you all enjoyed MCM's first ever Northern Ireland event. Overall, around 16,000 people attended the Comic-Con over the weekend, despite the rain on Saturday. So well done, everybody. Seriously, you came out in your numbers big time. We can't put it better than Chris Barry, who, along with fellow Red Dwarf stars Robert Llewellyn and Harry Hayridge, was one of the special guests at the show. It's clear to me that Belfast has been starved of this kind of event for far too long, Chris told Northern Ireland broadcaster UTV. One of the great thrills of these conventions is going somewhere for the first time and on this scale. It's absolutely thrilling to see the number of fans. Given the enthusiastic support for the show, we're delighted to announce that not only will MCM Belfast Comic Con be returning next year, but that we plan to expand the event as well. Once again, thank you to everyone who attended and hope to see you again in 2015. So there you go everybody, it's coming back, it's going to be bigger, badder, better than ever. Fingers crossed, King's all permitting, and uh, we can't wait to uh, well cover it again next year. Yes, very true. So that'll do it for this time, everybody. Make sure again, if you're going to be wanting to go to any other MCM Comic Con event across the UK, just go to mcmcomiccon.com and check it all out there. I know they are doing one in Manchester very very soon as well. And then they'll be planning another one for London in the coming months after that. So check out that site. Uh, as always, I've been Alan Price. He's been Chris Finn. You can get in contact with us on Twitter at Retroshop316. Or you can email us at Vento316 at gmail.com. Isn't that correct? No, that's correct. And yes. uh, Alan Price at OperationRetroshop.co.uk. So this has been episode 89 of Operation Retroshop. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you all next time with our E3 review. I've just walked into MCM Comic Con in Belfast's King's Hall, and without a shred of hyperbole, it is a feast for all the senses. Looking around, I can see a seemingly endless sea of people in incredible costumes. There are robots walking around. To my left sit a slew of comic artists drawing and painting commissions to order, and on my right there are a group of people test-driving a soon-to-be-launched video game. It's an intense place, jam-packed, hot and sweaty. To a newcomer, it could be overwhelming. I'm off to speak to the man behind the scenes about what exactly is going on this weekend.
I'm Brian Cooney and I'm co-promoter of MCM Comic Cons. It's a modern pop culture event which is embracing everything that's geekness. So everything from movies, video games, anime, manga, comic books, steampunk, robot wars. Basically it's everything that's current. A huge part of the Comic-Con experience is cosplay, which, at first glance, seems to be another way of saying fancy dress. Stalwart of the NI cosplay scene, known as Granny Gertrude, explained more. I'm Granny Gertrude, I'm the cosplay organiser here at MCM Comic-Cons. I've been a cosplayer for many years. It's a fantastic creative and social hobby. Some people, it's all about the craftsmanship, making their costume, displaying it to the world. For other people, it's a way of just donning costumes, showing what they love to the world and a fantastic way to find other fans of the same particular interests. I'm standing here with somebody in costume. What was your name? Megan McLaughlin. Who are you dressed as and what are you wearing? I am dressed as Mikasa Ackerman from Attack on Titan. It's quite a popular anime at the moment, you could say. I don't really know how to describe it. Uh, I've got two big blades here. I've got box sheets. I've got an engine on my back and probably look like an idiot to normal people. It's really, really impressive. Did you did you make it yourself? Yes, all of the maneuver gear I made myself. That's the name of the engines and stuff. I made the harness I'm wearing and I made the jacket as well. It's an incredible flight jacket. There's badges on it. You've got two blades, as you say. What are they made of? Mostly plywood and PVC foam boards. It's clearly very impressive and highly artistic. I have to ask though, why do you do it? What, what's, what's in it for you? I want to meet other fans out there, I want to meet other people that do it as well and just have fun for a couple of days, just being someone else. In my experience, I find people do it for a variety of reasons. Escapism, get a bit of attention, building confidence, being somebody else for the weekend. And for some people it can be a creative outlet. If you've got a boring desk job, you want to do something in your spare time, make a costume. And if you've made a costume, you've got to show it off to the world. It wouldn't be a proper Comic Con without celebrity guests to draw in the fans. As a lifelong devotee of Red Dwarf, the much celebrated space truck and comedy series, I was delighted to catch up with actors Chris Barry and Robert Llewellyn, or as you may know them, Rimmer and Crichton. Crichton, you're forgetting about Space Tour Directive 1742. 1742? No member of the Corps should ever report for duty in a ginger toupee. <laughs> Well, thank you for reminding me of that regulation, sir, but I, I can't see how it's pertinent to our present situation. Many people would not be here today if it wasn't for Red Dwarf. I have had many happy memories myself trying to tune in a TV in my bedroom growing up so I could stay up late and watch it, probably against my parents' better wishes. It was fantastic and certainly gave me a lifelong love for sci-fi. How does it feel to have so much of an influence over so many dedicated fans. It's an extraordinary feeling, really, to come to a convention, particularly a first convention here in Belfast, which has been relatively starved of such events for too long, and to sort of see the fresh joy and, and love for the programme and for the characters. It's, it's an absolute thrill, and it really does make us feel that we're, we're doing something right. Robert, in Red Dwarf, you play the role of Triton, a, a sentient mechanoid who spends much of his time working out what it means to be human, also involves a lot of heavy prosthetics. How much of a challenge was the role, or is the role, I should say? It's become part of my life for such a long time now that I, you know, there's a, there's a side of me that's completely used to it, and there's a side of me that if I think about what I'm doing when I have the, the mask on, 
I just can't allow myself to think about it because I will go mad because it's the most insane job any sane human being could do. Chris, you play Rimmer, an innerly retentive hologram with a cowardly streak a mile long and a massive ego which barely fails to hide his deep-seated self-loathing. Similarly, how much of a challenge was this? <laughs> Uh, of course, that's what I am in real life. So uh, it's a walk in the park, Chris. <laughs> so, not, no. It's it's a huge mountain to climb of a challenge, really, because I am so not like that. Robert, I realise you're on a very tight schedule here. You're both about to go on for a panel. I've caught you eating some crisps. Very quickly, for those at home who have never been to something like this, could you tell us what you've been doing today? Well, we've just been meeting a very long queue of really lovely fans who've been queuing up to see us and signing autographs and having pictures taken. And swapping, hearing amazing stories. The amount of people who said, as you have said, you know, grew up watching Red Dwarf. My dad showed me the the DVDs. I mean, I met a a, a young lad today who was born in 2002. So effectively, all the series we made for the BBC, we'd already done. And he's absolutely obsessed, knows all the lines, which is amazing to think that someone who wasn't even born when we made the last series of the BBC is, is, has seen them all and loves them, you know. It's, 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 it's a great, great, great thrill. Great yeah. thrill for us to see generations after generations coming through, you know. We've been around, really, from 1988, so that's, what, 26 years? And there's still, we believe, another one in the pipeline. There's another one in the pipeline. But the, because it's a Red Dwarf pipeline and Crichton hasn't cleaned it, it's a little bit blocked up. <laughs> My final question is that so much of the show's success relies on the delivery of razor-sharp dialogue and words like Smeghead and Gimboid have entered common parlance. Could, Chris, you please insult me in the style of Rimmer? You are a total and utter and complete goit. And on the good side, I've come to know you as someone I've met. (laughs) 